Amen to that. Hey, uh, just while we're still standing here, uh, I want to just read you some verses we're going to be looking at this morning. You know, we've been singing about this reality. There is no other name, name of Jesus. So if you just stand with me while I read this to you from 1 Peter, these words we'll be diving into today. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, uh, actually starting in verse 18. It says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold uh, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world. He was revealed in these last times for your sake, for my sake. Through him, through Jesus, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and your hope, they're in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, do this, love one another deeply and from the heart. For you've been born again, not of imperishable seed, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass, all their glory, it's like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord, what he says and what he says about you and what he says about all things, the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Let me pray for us this morning as we get started. Lord, in this moment we thank you uh, that there is no other name than the name of Jesus. We thank you that that through Jesus we have uh, a brand new and living hope that we can actually know with confidence that these words are true. And Lord, I just want to pray that as we look at your scriptures this morning, oh God, would you come and would you speak to us? And pray that it wouldn't be my voice that people hear today, but God, they would be able to hear a word from you that speaks right to their lives, right to where they are. A word, Lord, that all of us can be sent out into this world and the places and spaces you have for us to better reflect you and what you want for our lives. So Lord, we pray, come and move in our midst in Jesus' name. And everybody agree said, amen. amen. Say hey to somebody and grab a seat. You can give God one more clap of praise first. How about one more just celebration? I heard some praise back here. It got me going again. Come on. All right. All right, you're seated. You didn't spend much time saying hi. Did you not like the people you're next to? Or was that, just didn't need much. Hey, uh, it's great. I'm going to welcome you, especially if you're walking, watching online as well. Uh, great to have you with us. Uh, if any of you, if we haven't met, my name is Dean. I'm part of the team here at True North, and uh, great to have you here this morning. And uh, as we get ready to get into these words from First Peter today, uh, you know, I, I want you to think about maybe this question. Uh, we are kicking off. Who knows it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas, right? You feeling it? I, I, this week, you know, I know that I've been here for a long time because I walked out uh, one day and it was, you know, it was one of those days, it was 30 and I just thought in my head, oh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, you know, and that took me a while to get there, but that's where it is for me. I felt it, feeling the Christmas vibe. So I'm going to help you out a little bit today. If you have not started with what you're buying people for Christmas, I'm going to give you some ideas today. How's that sound? What's for Christmas? You know, I got to tell you something about the way I normally give presents at Christmas. I am a, uh, I like to do the shopping, uh, you know, let's just say between sort of the 23rd and 24th of December. 
That's kind of my MO. You know, I feel like a little bit of pressure helps you kind of really lean into what you want to get. But what I've heard this year is that uh, that's not a good strategy. There's this whole kind of uh, pandemic thing around the world. I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, but it's clogging up supply chains. And they're saying that whatever you want to get at the last minute, just good luck. The chef, you know, it might not be there. So I decided this is a good year to say, let's not do presents. You know, maybe... Maybe that's what it's all trying to tell me now. That, but uh, I am going to talk to you this morning about what I, I believe as followers of Jesus. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, we know this is a, a unique time of year uh, for us. And it's a unique time to be reminded, not just that Jesus came as a baby, but what if he came to accomplish on our behalf. And it's a time that we can actually be part of, of sharing that good news as well. And so we're going to look a little bit today at what is the one thing that if you're a follower of Jesus, we are called to be givers of, bringers of, not just at Christmas time, but at all times, that we are called to be people who give and bring love wherever we go. And that is something we may have our heads wrapped around or know, yep, we should, but I want to look today, what does it really mean and look like to be those who give and bring love? Wherever we go. I believe that is what is meant to define us as followers of Jesus. If you're here and you're someone who says, you know what, I'm not. I'm just here. I'm with somebody. I don't necessarily believe all this. You know, just know you can listen today. You don't have to apply any of it to your life. But if we are people who are going to say, yep, we're trying to live by the truth we found here. uh, I believe we're meant to bring love wherever we go. So we're going to talk about what it looks like to give love. And here's the great thing. Love is not going out of stock. You, if you set your mind, is that a good thing? Come on. And if somebody's like, I thought you were giving me this, be like, I decided this year to give you some love instead of just that thing you wanted. I'm going to bring some love. Here's what it's going to look like. I want you to think about these words we read from 1 Peter. I love these words uh, because they, they speak to us of, uh, I guess, a different way of life that you and I are invited into. Uh, followers of Jesus were always meant to. You you see in these, it it talks about, hey, because of everything God's done for you, basically what he says here, is that everything that God's done for you, you've been redeemed, you've been bought with the precious blood of Christ, uh, go love one another. Go love deeply and love sincerely and love from the heart. These verses are all about uh, the, I guess, the, the central heart from which should flow This incredible love God has for us. Do you know, I don't know if you know this, but the thing that is always meant to define the followers of Jesus. And the thing that has made his followers uh, most effective, if you will, throughout the centuries in, in sharing the good news of who Jesus is has always been love. You know... It's an interesting time we live in. As I mentioned, you know, you've heard probably at some point in the news about this whole global pandemic. Uh, we're not the first people to live through something like this. Uh, and if you're not familiar with it, one of the uh, fascinating things about how the early followers of Jesus, uh, you imagine this. Jesus, he comes. He comes in Bethlehem in this far-flung corner of the Roman Empire, this forgotten space and place. He ends up executed at the hands of that empire in this sort of far-off little corner. He's got, at his time of his death, everyone has deserted him. And yet, within three, four hundred years of that death on a cross, the entire Roman empire has become uh, officially 
Christian in nature. This tiny little kind of ragtag group has flipped it all on its head. There's a, uh, a sociologist, and I think about 20, 30 years ago, wrote this book. His name was Rodney Stark. Uh, he set out as a, as a historian and a sociologist, not as a, a person of faith. He set out to write a book trying to explain, the name of the book is called The Rise of Christianity. He set out to write a book going, how did this happen? Because uh, looking from just a historical point of view, uh, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. And so he set out to write, and one of the primary things he found in his research was that uh, one of the deciding kind of uh, features, uh, moments, what, what transformed everything was how these followers of Jesus lived through many of the pandemics and plagues that spread throughout the Roman Empire. It was actually in those moments that they set themselves apart as a, as a shining light to show a different way of life. He quotes, uh, I'll read you a, a few words from uh, Rodney Stark in his book, The Rise of Christianity, about this Emperor Julian, who was the last uh, non-Christian emperor of Rome. He says, Julian complained in a letter to the high priest of Galatia in 362, so we're talking 4th century, that the pagans needed to, the, the pagans, I mean, we've got all kind of connotations. This was just the, the people who had the kind of just, um, you know, religion in the countryside and, and, and non-Christian various folk religions of the day. The pagans needed to equal the virtues of Christians. For all this recent Christian growth, he says, was caused by their moral character, even if pretended. I love this. He's like, We've got to try and do what these Christians are doing because their moral character, it's, they're probably pretending, but we need to be like that. He's trying to find some foundation of how, how do we stop the spread of this thing is what he's after. And he says, and, and by their benevolence towards strangers, they're nice even not to just people who can do something for them. They're kind to strangers. What is with these people? And their care for the graves of the dead. In another letter to another priest, he wrote, I think that when the poor happen to be neglected and overlooked by the priests, he means their pagan uh, Roman religious priests, the impious Galileans, so Galileans, these are the people who are followers of Jesus. Jesus was from Galilee, so all these, all these guys, they're Galileans. All these impious, they're, they're, uh, I, but I think that when our poor were overlooked, the impious Galileans observed this, and devoted themselves to benevolence. And they support not only their own poor, but ours as well. And everyone can see that our people lack aid from us. He's like, so just wrap your head. You got this emperor who's just going, what are we going to do about the spread of these Christians? They're out there pretending to have good moral character. They can see that we don't care about anyone. And they swooped in and started caring for people. They're not even just caring for their own people. They're caring for everyone. What are we going to do? Now, I just want you to wrap your mind around this. This is, uh, and we'll, we'll come to that a bit later. You can take that one down, but we'll, we'll wrap our minds around Emperor Julian just for the moment. I, I just want you to reflect on this with me for a moment. This was, this was the frustrating thing about the, the Christians, as they were becoming known, or these Galileans. Was this the, the, the emperor of Rome just going, how are we ever going to stop these guys? They're so loving. 
They're so caring that everybody's just getting caught up in this deal. They had this radical love. Can I tell you something? Radical love has always been at the heart of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's why all jokes aside, the greatest thing you or I can do as a follower of Jesus is to say, how can we be bringers of, givers of, reflectors of God's love in this world? But not just, not just like a little bit and not just at a level that's comfortable, but at the kind of level that actually flips the world upside down. You know, we can think about all the different ways that if you're a person of faith, if you're like me, everybody I meet, loved ones, all I want is for them to know the hope that's been found in Christ. But do you know the greatest way we can do this is by being those people who bring love? So we're going to think this morning about where does this love come from? Where did these early followers of Christ have this love that absolutely uh, shattered all the, the kind of structures of their day and flipped this empire on its head and allowed this thing that never should have got off the ground? Where does that kind of love come from? This is why I think Peter's words are so uh, profound for us. Because when he writes, Peter was writing in the, you know, in the middle of the first century at some point. He's writing a, the, to these followers of Jesus who are under the thumb of the Roman Empire. This is still a couple hundred, few hundred years before Julian and his kind of frustration that we're just losing the grip of everything. This is in the very kind of early days of this Jesus movement. And he writes to them to say, hey, here's what it's all about. I want you to love I want you to love one another. I want you to love sincerely. I want you to love from a deep, deep and sincere heart. And he's going to give us, I think, some great insight onto how you actually do that. Do you know, uh, everything he writes here, if you want to be a person who shines love, and, and, and can, we, uh, can we just maybe agree that now is a perfect moment in history for followers of Jesus to shine love? Can we all agree on that? We may not all agree on a lot of other things, <laughs> but I bet we could agree on that, can't we? We've been given a moment. We've been given a moment to say, how can we shine love? And what Peter says is it starts with this idea. Uh, go back to verse 18. I want to read it to you again. He says, he's kind of building a foundation. He's building the platform here. He's giving the, the, here's the soil from which this love can spring and grow. He says, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Uh, do you want to know this? He, he talks about, so this is through Jesus. That's how we can believe in God. He's been raised from the dead, and so our faith and hope are in God. If we want to love well, here's what we've got to start from. It all starts with realizing that our hope and our faith are to be in God because of Jesus and what he's done for us. Our faith and our hope. Now, why? Now, that, if you're a follower of Jesus, yep, this should be normal, natural. Yep, we kind of know this stuff, but here's the reality is so often what can happen is our belief can be in Jesus, but our faith and hope end up somewhere else. We, we believe in Jesus. We know, yeah, I know he was chosen for the creation of the world and he's going to suffer and he's redeemed me. But if we are not careful, our faith and our hope end up somewhere else. See, Peter's going to constantly talk about this contrast of two things. That which is, uh, he loves the word perishable and then the word imperishable. 
And he's going to talk always about how there are certain things in life that are perishable. They're going to be gone someday. And everything that's a part of creation itself is perishable. It all, you know, you can't take it with you. There are these things that we can look at and say, my life, uh, you know, we, we can go after them and we want them and we chase them. But the reality is they are perishable and they will not, you cannot take it with you. Everyone kind of, we know this intuitively, but we end up putting our faith and hope so often in things that are perishable. And if we're not careful, our lives become no different than anyone else because we're chasing all the same dreams and goals as all the people around us chasing perishable things. And, and some of these perishable things, they may be good, but we have to remember they're still perishable. They're not going to last forever. You see, I think when our faith and hope get transferred to God and this idea that, uh, that in God is that which is imperishable, because God created it all, because he sits outside his creation, because he is the one who way back in Genesis 1 said, in the beginning, he made the heavens, he made all of it. He alone is imperishable. He alone is where we will find substance for our faith that is imperishable. So Peter says, just remember, you've been redeemed from an empty way of life. Can I tell you something? We, we, we go through life and we are pushed and pulled in the direction of an empty way of life. And the empty way of life, I, I want, I don't, hopefully this will help a little bit. I want you to imagine this. We're going to think about love today like an arrow that goes outward from yourself to the world. And that can be the people in your life, the world around you. But love is meant to be an arrow. Love is, uh, in the scriptures, is the idea of selflessness and others focused. And it carries ideas of how we feel towards people, act towards people, speak towards people. But it's all about arrows that go outward, outward. We walk into a way of life where all the arrows are pointing inward. You need to go you know, you want to find a secure hope in a future? Oh, there's pandemic and things could go wrong. Well, you better make sure you got your, you know, all your finances invested in the right, you know, kind of super. You better make sure you've got, uh, you know, your house sorted out. You better make sure maybe you even need a bigger house. You better make sure in life you get the right job. You better make sure you got the right image so you can impress the right people. All these things. Now, I'm not saying houses or savings are a bad thing, but we are pushed in a direction of life where all the arrows go, I better look after me. We're pushed. This is normal life. You better look after you. That's just normal. What Peter says is actually an empty way of life. It promises a lot. Wouldn't life be great if you had X, Y, Z? But it's actually empty when you finally get to the bottom of it. Because why? Because all the arrows are about self. And Peter says, you know, Jesus has redeemed us from that. He's freed us from that because now our faith and our hope are not found in this world in the accumulation of stuff or the, you know, having a certain image. Our faith and our hope are in God who's imperishable. Now, why is this such a big deal for love? Because as long as our faith and hope exist in this short and however many trips around the sun we get grace with, uh, we can all agree it's a short ride. And in that short ride, uh, Peter says, don't get caught up in the trap of all those arrows going in. You've been redeemed from that. 
Therefore, because of that, because the precious blood of Jesus has redeemed you, he says, instead, instead do this. Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, since you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply and from the heart. Turn to the person next to you and say, love one another deeply. Love one another deeply. Just say it. Try saying it out loud. Love one another deeply. It is just a good thing to love other people deeply and from the heart. We were actually created to be people where the arrows go out, not in. And when you step into a life of loving others, you actually will become most fully alive. Because that's what you were created for. All the arrows going in can chase that as much as we want. Uh, In the end, we'll find out it was an empty way of life. Arrows going out. We're told this is what allows us to actually live the the life we were created for, that the precious blood of Christ redeemed us for, set us free for, to love one another deeply and from the heart. Do you know what that faith in God does? Is it has a way of, here's here's one of the helpful things for love. When our faith and our hope are in God, it purifies our love. When our faith and hope are in God, it purifies our love. Peter says, since you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, and, and most kind of agree what he's referring to here is this idea of you, when you chose to put your faith in Jesus and to believe in the gospel, that created like a purity in your heart. It changed the trajectory of what's going on in your heart. Therefore, love each other sincerely, deeply, from the heart. Do you know God always wants to purify your love? And he wants to purify my love. He actually wants us to realize that so often in our hearts, if we are honest, while we know we're created for that love, there's a lot that lives in our hearts that's just not, it's, it's not pure. Our love can be quite conflicted. We can want the arrows to go out, but they end up coming in. And, and if we're not, uh, I guess, a, at least aware of that dynamic, then we can miss out on one of the things God wants to do is to purify your love. I always think it's amazing Peter wrote this. Do you know Peter, he walked around with Jesus. He lived with him. He traveled with him. When Jesus went to the cross, Peter famously denied him three times, abandoned him. And when Jesus comes to, in this famous moment, kind of reinstate him, to do a little work on his heart, he asks him three times the same question. Does anybody know what the question is? He asks Peter three times, do you love me? you love me? And do you love me more than these? Do you know what Jesus did is he purified Peter's love. We don't totally understand all the dynamics, what was happening maybe in that conversation or what was in Peter's heart and everything Peter's, Jesus is drawing up. But we do understand he is helping Peter refine what's in his heart. And he's saying, Peter, the way to know me is to, is to love me more than anything else. And to know that Christ loved him Enough that he was willing to go to the cross to rise and to bring him back to himself. So God actually wants to purify our love. He wants us not to have our hopes set in these imperishable things. He wants us to have an an understanding that we are always tempted to love other things more than Jesus. But when we put our faith and hope in God, we are constantly brought face to face with what do we love most? And that is not an occasion to go, oh, man, bad me. I got, you know, this or that again. I got focused on this or focused on. This isn't a beat. But it's to go, wow, Jesus is always wanting to set you free. 
He's always wanting to set you free from loving other things more than him because he knows that if your faith and your hope are in anything else other than God, it will never, it will always end up an empty way of life. And he wants our love to be pure and beautiful towards him. And it's from that place, it's from that place that we can be set free to love others, to actually love not needing anything in return, not hoping or wanting something back, but to be set free to just love others. And the way we speak and the way we act and the way we feel towards other people, as we get rid of some of the other things our hearts get set on is that love is purified and we grow to love one another more deeply, more sincerely, more and more from a pure heart. I think it's such a beautiful thing to realize, Jesus, he wants to just keep refining our hearts so that we can be this, this outward-focused force for love in this world. You know, and the great thing about these verses as well is I, I love that they kind of bring love into focus. These words and encourage you maybe to go back and, and read them. Maybe read them as you're going through the Christmas season, thinking of all the different things you could buy, of all the silver and gold, and trying to be reminded what is life actually about. Is he, he finishes by bringing love into focus with this, this beautiful section where he just says, don't you know that, uh, that all people are like grass? Their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And what he's trying to do, he's bringing into focus for him and going, just remember, like, life is short. It's brief. And, and the grass, it comes and it goes. But one thing will last, the word of the Lord. That life is about love. That God loves you. That he so loved you, he gave his son, his only son, that whoever believes in him would have life Everlasting. You know, this is God's love. This is the word of the Lord. This is who Jesus is. He's the one who redeemed us, freed us from the empty way of life that we've been handed down. And he's freed us, not so that we'll go through life with the arrows pointing in, but so that we can now go through life loving others. Because when it's all said and done, love is what will last. Love is what will still be there. You know, some people think that in his picture here, which he's drawn from, from the Old Testament of the grass and the flowers, uh, but sometimes one of the symbols for Rome was, was a, a particular flower. And some people think he's also kind of maybe making comments about the Roman Empire, that this thing that seems bigger than everything right now, the Roman Empire, it's like the whole known world. It's an empire like we can't quite fathom. It's all reaching, uh, you know, kind of just pervasiveness in life and, and all those things. And, and, and some people think he's kind of making a comment that you just need to realize this thing is going to wither and it'll be gone. And isn't it extraordinary that, you know, 2,000 years later, that Roman Empire, which seems so big and indestructible and invincible, is gone and nothing but a relic. But there's a cross that is a symbol of love the world over. And that small, the small bands of followers back then who it never should have even gotten off the ground in the 21st century and in everything that has come and gone in all the centuries since, there, there is a community right here and around the world, more than a billion people today, who say our faith and our hope is in Jesus. And we are going to now, in his name, be those people who will bring love into wherever God places us. You know, I, I really 
you know, just wanted to, as we come into the Christmas season, there'll be so many things that we're all, you know, kind of uh, will become part. You know, it often gets called the, the silly season or things like that. But nothing could be worse approach than to think about this next month that way. For us who are followers of Christ, we, we are called to be those who remember this baby who came into the world. He grew. He was, his, his entrance into this world was planned, as it says, before creation. He has come to redeem us and to set us free from an empty way of life that just focuses on thinking this world's all there is and the arrow's got to come in because I need to make sure I look after me and look after myself. And he set us free for that so that, so that we could become that force for love that's actually what God created us for. Do you know, a few weeks back, we um, had a morning here where uh, a lot of the kids over at Marowa Primary, they, uh, I think it was about 100 of them, didn't have hats, and so they couldn't go out and, and to play at, you know, on, on breaks. And just put it to the congregation, do you want to buy one of those hats? And everybody bought hats, bought more hats than, you know, more hats than a, you know, a, a hat maker could buy. You know, just lots and lots of hats. And there were tears and people just enjoyed that and the kids got them and, the, and it made such a difference at school. And, and do you know why people move in those moments? Why, if you're one of those people who bought a hat from those kids, why does that happen? Why do our hearts do that? Because our life, we know inside it's not about me. It's about what can I bring to others. And every time we choose love, we are stepping more into alignment with how God created us. We're stepping more into that, that sense even to, to purchase a hat to say, you know what? The arrows don't have to all come in. You know, every time you choose to give money to someone or, or purchase or do an act of love for someone else, it is by nature having to choose, well, I think only of myself or I turn that arrow back outward. And every time we do that, every one of us knows that is such a beautiful moment. And that's because it is actually what we were created for. I, I think this Christmas 20, 2021, it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a wild ride this last couple of years. And I hate to be the one to break it to you. If I am, next year ain't looking so smooth either. <laughs> but these are the moments that you and I are given the same opportunity those early believers were, which is to say, how will you be looked back on in this moment? The, the, the grass is going to wither. It's going to fade. It's all going to go relatively quick. But what will last, what will be imperishable is did we, live, did we live those lives of love that God created us for? You know, I want to read you. This is from a couple hundred years after Christ. This is a bishop, uh, Dionysus. And, um, and we'll pull up his quote here for you. Here was him writing about in another pandemic. This was this, was this bishop writing about how, how well the followers of Jesus commend themselves. As most of our brother Christians showed them unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ. And with them, they departed this life serenely happy, for they were infected by their neighbors and cheerfully accepted their pains. Now, if you don't know this, this is, this is one of the things that led to the uh, 
followers of Jesus, Christianity overthrowing the entire known world. It's because at this point in history, there were followers of Jesus who actually, actually, instead of saying, how can I look out for myself and protect myself and the arrows go in and how can I stay safe? While all of the other people, the pagans of the day, were running away from the sick, the Christians ran toward them and said, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to care for these people. And it was that. It says they cheerfully, they departed this life serenely happy. Now, and be clear on this, so just so you know, I'm not saying now that, you know, next year when things kind of open or crazy, we've got to all now go, go run and just don't worry and try and catch this. Don't be confused by this. We live in a different era where we have an entire, out of the fruit of the followers of Jesus has grown in the Western world, an entire structure of health care for all people. So we live in a different era. They didn't have uh, Medicare, they have doctors, they have all that stuff. So this is not, don't try to compare too tightly, but what we must realize and compare ourselves with is what does it look like to be those people who instead of looking at ourselves, you know, we thought only of the other. I just love it. it says, he's going, they chose to not think about themselves and what was good for them. They chose to run towards danger. And those were the people who departed life serenely happy. We live in a time and an era that says, look out for yourself. That's how you'll be happy. But it's an empty way of life. The way of life that is going to last when all is said and done is the way of love. It's the way of saying, I don't have to look out for myself. My faith and hope are in a bigger, bigger God than just this moment. I don't have to keep all the arrows going in because I already know there's a God who loves me and he's taking care of me. And so I am free to love and serve others. In our day, wouldn't it, with anything and everything else that has happened and will happen, or I think there's a moment for followers of Jesus to show that we are those who can live by love. And, and it won't happen by just trying harder or doing more, it happens when we, actually, when we actually reflect on, hey, this is what we believe. We believe that in Jesus, God has redeemed us, set us free from an empty way of life. We, we can believe that actually he is, he is purifying our love. He's given us hope. Our faith and our hope are in him. Our faith and our hope are in something. This is why these these early Christians, it's why, they, it's why they could love so freely. They just said, our faith and our hope's not in this moment. Our faith and hope is in God. And they lived life with a freedom that will never be found when all the arrows point in. You know, I, I don't know exactly what it will look like for you or for me or for all of us uh, to live out the way of love in our day, in our time, this Christmas, beyond. But I just know this. Can we, can we together as followers of Jesus say, I, we, we may not agree on everything or how it all plays out or what it's supposed to be, but we could be united in the idea that our lives should reflect love. That the way we speak, the way we think, the way we act, be governed not primarily by arrows pointed in, but by arrows pointed out. That the way we think and speak and decisions we make and, and, and we'll all have different ways it plays out. But there's a way to go through life saying, but it's not about me. 
I've been redeemed. My faith and hope are in God. I'm going to be free to love and serve others. But if this Christmas we just looked at how can we be those who just give love wherever we go? Like we use our voice, we take the, the air God's put in our breath and we use it to fill the, the airspace around us with words of love and kindness and joy. You know, I, it, it's not always going to be these giant sweeping moments, but by just choosing in any given moment to, to speak and to bring love, you can change any moment. I was driving through my neighborhood this week. I saw a lady, and I, I see her day in, day out for a week or two on a different street than mine. I don't know her. And she had redone the verge on the other side of her, her street. I love people who actually care for verges. I am just so thankful to the Lord he didn't give me a verge to have to look after. <laughs> like, you really talk about a selfless act. Like, the verge, it's the other side of the road. But I was driving by, and I always drive by her, and I'm just like, you know, this is life. Like, we just go by, and I just run over her hoses, dragged across the road, and... Um, all those things, and think, does she like, wow, what a jerk, but she's always kind of bent over doing it, and so I was driving by, and I thought, you know what, I think it's really looking beautiful, like you could see the section she's done, and the different plants there, wow, so I just stopped and just said, I rolled down my window, and as, you know, most people are not used to, like, having someone stop their car, so I could tell just by stopping and rolling down the window, like, she was on alert, you know, like, okay, all right, what's, uh, what's going to happen here? And I just said to her, you know what, that just looks beautiful. I love what you've done with the verge. I have seen you out here watering, and I uh, just want to say that is beautiful. I love, you're just doing an amazing job. And you could watch her go from, like, high alert to, ah, oh, let me tell you about the verge. And she told me about the plants, and I can't repeat it because I don't know much about plants. And it was, but she told me about the plants and the stuff she cleaned out and what she was doing and, and how it all worked. And I was like, well, that, it looks awesome. Thanks for doing it. It's really, really beautiful. You know, just, I don't want anyone to be confused and think I'm like, we got to go out and you're just going headlong into danger everywhere you go. I just tell you, say, I think this is how simple it is to be people who just bring love wherever we go. Like the world is walking around just feeling like, you want to talk to me? Okay, come on, what's up? You know, <laughs> everybody's on edge. Can we just be those people who just are like, hey, let me just, let's just bring some love. My wife, Lisa, is amazing at this. Everywhere she goes, you'll be in a restaurant, you'll be in any, any like, situation out there, and if so, she's always telling people what a great job they're doing and how awesome it is. And sometimes it's awkward. Me and Levi are like, this is just awkward. You really have to like, go on and on for this. You know, even Asher sometimes rolls his eyes, but no, just <laughs> not at all. I, but I honestly, it's one of the things I so appreciate about her. Everywhere she goes, she spreads love. And, and people, they are not used to having people because here's what happens. We all go through life. I'm usually driving through my neighborhood and my head is down and I'm thinking about my day. I'm thinking about challenges. I'm thinking about problems. I'm thinking about maybe some good things that are happening. But I'm thinking, I'm in here. I'm living my life. I'm all the arrows going in. And sometimes it just takes going, well, wait a second. There's other, there's humans around. Let me just stop and share a little bit of, of goodness. It doesn't take a lot. But what if our words just became so often more words of love? What if every time we went to speak or speak about, you know, there's a lot of, does anybody know there's a few controversial things happening in the world? I don't know if you've heard this, but a lot of people, there's controversy. It's weird. I know we feel like we're all on the same page, but there's controversial things. All of us have to figure out uh, where we stand on A, B, C, D, whatever the thing is. But what if we just chose that we only spoke about things from a, in a way of love? It's not about sometimes what we think or, or do or say, but how do we say it? 
And how do we speak about other people, especially people who may think differently than us? Can we be those people who is like, you know what, my whole, my whole life's found in God, my hope's in him, so I just feel kind of free to just spread love where I go. You know, even our carols uh, this year, we put on these carols events, as you know. Uh, do you know, our, the whole reason we do this is just to share love. Do you know the other biggest carols event that used to be in our city uh, was the one in the city, in the Supreme Court Gardens? If you don't know this, they, they stopped doing it a few years back. Do you know why? Because the costs were so extraordinarily high. They lost some major sponsors. They, it cost an extraordinary amount of money. Now, ours, we get sponsors, and, and we take out special offerings because it's expensive. But we can do our carols. One of the reasons we still uh, are able to run two of the largest carols events in our whole state is because it's built not on paying people to do something, but it's built on love. It's built on people who volunteer their time. It, they can't even do it anymore because it's too expensive. You've got to pay people. And yet, because of the love of people who serve, we can still create these moments for people and share the good news of Christmas and create a moment where families and friends just treasure life together. We're, we're going to have shirts this year. If you sign up to serve, uh, you're going to have a shirt to wear that just says love. Because yeah, we want this to be, a, you know, how... We operate. We want the world to just know that what it means to be a follower of Jesus is to get your faith and your hope out of needing all the arrows to go in, your faith and your hope in God so that there is a freedom and a sincerity and a depth of love you can bring to the world. You go, man, the grass will wither, the flowers are going to fade. Do you know I actually quoted this to the lady on the verge. I said, can I just share something with you for a moment? Like, you know, plants are looking good, but... The Bible says the grass is going to wither and the flowers are going to fade and fall on the ground. Have, have a good one. See ya. <laughs> that would have been fun. Good way to, I wouldn't have been loving. You know, we're just, everything will, we all get a brief moment to choose how we will be remembered. And I believe as followers of Jesus, wouldn't it be great if we said in this moment we will be remembered as those who brought love. Can I pray for us today? I want to invite you to stand. Stand if you'd like to, especially if you want to be part of this prayer. I want to pray. I just want to pray that if you're watching online, I'm going to pray for you. And I just want to pray that we could be those people. Wouldn't it be amazing if in our day, in our day, there could be that kind of fresh movement of like, man, these people, these people, they are just so full of love. You know, you have these emperors and people going, I don't know how to stop them. They're so loving. There's no way to, you can't stop love. So maybe we could just pray that God might so strengthen our faith, that our faith and hope would be so solidly in him, that our hearts would be so grateful, so, so grateful that Jesus has redeemed us, so confident that we've been bought with the precious blood of Christ that we would be free to be those who can do what Peter says here, to love one another deeply and from the heart. Like, wow, those, those Christians, I know one thing. I don't know, don't understand it all, but man, they know how to love. They are some loving people. I want to pray that God might do that if you want to join me in that prayer. If that's your prayer uh, this year as well, I invite you just to open your hands and we're just going to ask that 
God's Holy Spirit would come. It's not stuff we can do on our own. On our own, we're all human and broken and failing. I'm as broken and failing as, as you are. What we pray for is that God's Holy Spirit would come and purify our hearts and refine our love and refine who we are so that we can share that love. Our loving Heavenly Father, I thank you for your extraordinary love for us. God, in this moment, we are so grateful that you've actually freed us from an empty way of life. You brought us into the kingdom of the Son that you love. And you have shed abroad your love in our hearts. And Lord, our prayer today is that, God, may your Holy Spirit come and in this moment refine our love, purify our love. Lord, may your Holy Spirit show us when we are tempted to put our faith in perishable things. May you free us from those moments and refine our love to be, and our faith and our hope to be more purely just locked and placed in you. And God, as our faith and our hope are not in any of this stuff that withers and fades, God, may from that place of absolute freedom in Christ, may we be those who love well. Holy Spirit, come and in our community of, of fellow believers, journey in the craziness of life together. Would you in this moment just fill us with love, love for each other, love for all those we encounter. God, I pray Christmas 2021 would be a time when your light shines brightly through your people, giving light and love to all who would look on. God, send us out of here today. Send us into our workplaces and families and homes and neighborhoods and streets and clubs and schools. Send us out there as these just, this force for love. It's actually changing the climate all around us. Fill us with your love. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with your love. And may it all be for your glory and your honor. Our Father in heaven, King Jesus, precious Holy Spirit. We pray this. Let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody agree his head. Amen. 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 You know, this is our, uh, our heartbeat.